Welcome to Work and the Future, a podcast about tomorrow, with your host, Linda Nazareth. Well, hello, and thank you for joining us today. You know, in economics, we always look for leading indicators. If you know how many building permits we've taken out this year, you have an idea of how much building is going to happen next year, how many purchasing orders there are now, you have an idea how much factory activity there'll be in a few months. And when it comes to the pandemic and the post-pandemic work life we're going to have, we have Australia as a leading indicator. Now, Australia is held up as an example to those of us in North America and elsewhere as how to do it right. They didn't completely escape the pandemic, but they came pretty close. And for the most part, they're back at work in offices if they want to be. Still, some things are not exactly as they were before the pandemic. So given all of that, I thought it'd be great to speak to someone in Australia about what offices are going to look like, what work life is going to look like after the pandemic ends everywhere else. I was lucky to come upon Robbie Robertson. Robbie's title is Managing Partner, Virtual Office for Deloitte Australia, and he works in bringing together prototype ideas, design, and crafting something that works for everyone with best practices. And obviously, post-pandemic, this has been a particular challenge. So he has some great insights of what works, what doesn't work, what to expect for everyone who's still perhaps mired in the pandemic. Really worth listening to. Please stay with us. lessons does Australia have for us about post-pandemic office life? Our guest today is Robbie Robertson. He's managing partner at Virtual Office for Deloitte Australia. He joins us now from Sydney to talk about what we should be thinking about in terms of our work and workspaces as we come closer to something approaching normal. Hi, Robbie. Thanks so much for joining us. Hi, Linda. How are you doing? I am good. You know what? The first question I always ask people is, can you tell me about your own career? Because this is a work in the future podcast. And it's always interesting that people end up doing things they probably hadn't expected to do earlier in their lives. Oh, my gosh. I definitely fit into that category. I'm actually a designer, uh, an interior designer and architect by profession. And I've really been fascinated about how we design physical workplaces over the last 25 years, but taking it from a slightly different angle. I look at it from the people angle and the culture angle. So thinking about how do we create environments that people really want to be in when they come to work every day? And about uh, three years ago, I was asked if I would uh, help to lead the charge on creating a, a hybrid workplace for Deloitte here in Australia. And I was like, well, I'm not the technology specialist. I'm the, I'm the workplace specialist. And they're like, that's exactly why we want you to lead the charge on this, because we want us to understand how do we create a really inclusive culture, regardless if you're in a physical workplace or you're working from home. And that was hence why we created the virtual office team. Uh, and it really came into its, into its own uh, about a year ago when the pandemic, but the pandemic hit. Well, you were prepared for it in that sense. Let's talk about the pandemic. I'm in Toronto. Uh, a lot of listeners are in the US or elsewhere, or maybe the UK, where they've had really quite a severe experience with this. Australia, mm. to us, seems to have gotten off pretty lightly. Can you give us your version of it? 
Yeah, listen, there's certainly different parts of Australia have been uh, less affected by the the pandemic than others. Our our friends and colleagues in Melbourne certainly wouldn't say that. They had a couple of major shutdowns, so they definitely felt it was uh, more stressful uh, than than our than here in in Sydney, uh, but we certainly uh, had a kind of blanket you know approach to uh, the kind of the, the closing down of our offices uh, for many many months across Sydney and the rest of Australia. And we've really just been tiptoeing back into the office over the last few months. And we're, we're starting to see the confidence building in our colleagues as they become less afraid around the health issues and getting back into public, onto public transport and coming back into the office on a regular basis. And we should say this is before being vaccinated because most Australians have yet to be vaccinated. Listen, I think we get a we get a ten out of ten for managing the the um, a, a, the pandemic. But I think we get a one out of ten for a rollout of the vaccines. We are woefully behind the rest of the world in that regard, and I think a lot of it is probably because of the complacency because we have done so well. There's been such a few, such few cases uh, in the in the public domain on a regular basis uh, that people are are don't don't probably see that the uh, the urgency to go and get vaccinated as much as our colleagues and friends in the UK, Canada and the US. Well, that's incredible because here everyone wants to be vaccinated because no one really feels safe going back to work. I shouldn't say no one, but generally speaking, I don't think anyone's going to feel really safe until everyone's vaccinated. But you've been going back, you said, for several months now. How's that been going? I know it's been done in stages. It has. Um, So uh, we uh, we started off by really making sure that we opened up uh, a few floors of the building to our most vulnerable members of our community and, and people who simply, uh, because of their, their home situation, really needed to come back into the physical workplace. Uh, we, we obviously had a very strict and very visible um, hygiene program to make feel people feel psychologically safe that they were, if they did come back into the workplace, that it was it was being cleaned on a regular basis, that we were taking care of their mental and physical well-being. Um, but really, about four months ago, we started to open up the offices to everybody. And there's been a real mental mind shift to saying, well, actually, now the pandemic is at a very low level. So, uh, let's get back together. Let's start to build those bonds of, of community friendship, of social interaction. Let's start to learn together. Let's start to connect with our clients again. And we need to do that in a physical environment. So that's the kind of that's a big kind of push that we've been going in through over the last few months. So the intention is to get everyone back to work eventually? physically? The intention is to create a hybrid model. So it is to encourage our team members to have the choice and to make sure if they want to come back into the office that we're certainly going to be creating a really good um, experience for them. Uh, and and we're, we're really trying to encourage people to look at the, the, the incredible positives of coming back into the office, which is that ability to learn on the job. You know, if you're if you're a, a new member of staff just starting off and, you, you know, all those small moments where you, you see somebody doing um, a PowerPoint presentation or you see somebody present or you see somebody looking at an Excel spreadsheet, 
and you go, how do you do that? Mm-hmm. And you learn those micro micro learning moments that you just really um, you really miss or just don't get an exa- a chance to be exposed to when you're at home. Those are really we, we're really missing those. So uh, we're seeing that a lot of people are are really enjoying coming back and having those kind of learning moments. Are also just the basic understanding of coming back and connecting with our colleagues. It's uh, it's really lovely to see people that you haven't seen physically for many months and you get together again and be able just to catch up and, and connect. And I think that's such an important part of the of the work fabric and culture. And I assume like everyone else, you were teleconferencing all the months when you couldn't do it, but it's just not the whole experience. Uh, we were we were all living our um, our best lives on Zoom and Teams back to back, as we all have been. It's uh, but we we certainly now we're trying to encourage people to do face to face meetings. A couple of things that we've been doing has been fun is uh, actually seeing if you're if, if you've got colleagues or or clients who live in your local community, going for a walk with them and just kind of getting outside, getting some fresh air, and rather than having a Zoom call, just going and, and having a catch up in, in a, either in a park or at a cafe just to try and do something different do something differently and but not have to go always back into the physical office so people are coming back when you started this was there hesitancy did people worry for their health or were most people comfortable with this no, no, a, a lot of hesitation, a lot yeah. of hesitation. I think our our um, utilization rates in our on our floor were about uh, about ten percent at the at maximum, and that was really on a kind of Tuesday or Wednesday or Thursday. Mondays and Fridays were ghost towns in the office. <laughs> uh, they they never wanted to come in. But what we've been doing is um, couple, putting a couple of, uh, of of initiatives in place where we start to think about how do we earn the commute of our colleagues how do we give how do we get entice them to make to come back in to put on a put on a shirt you know get out of your sports clothes get onto the public transport get into your car and come into the office because actually when you do the experience is going to be really great for you and so we've been you know a little couple of ideas we've been doing is uh, having team tuesdays where we have on the you know at lunchtime we get together and, and do some kind of impromptu training we have um, we've been doing a great thing called thursday thursdays which is as thursday nights and new friday nights so getting people together for drinks uh, at five o'clock and just to connect and, and to create that community feel again. And that's working really well. And so our number, our utilization is now up to anything between 40 and 60%, which is excellent. I'm just a little stunned at the image of people going out for drinks. It's been so long here since you know we've had that kind of normal. It's only just happening over here now, but uh, the last couple of months we're really seeing a lot of people focusing around how do we help our local communities? How do we help our local bars and restaurants and cafes and and, and, uh, come back to life again? Because they are just as much part of our social fabric as coming back into the office. So it's it's been lovely, actually. Everyone's really saying, listen, how do we help the community to to start to thrive again? And what do we need to do to, to do that? And often it's just, you know, come and support them, come and have a beer, come and have a coffee and get back into those public realm again. You know, uh, Sydney real estate, if I'm correct, is very expensive, right? It is. It is. So was there a push, not necessarily in your company, but just in general, for people to be able to move elsewhere and telecommute for the longer term? Or was that really not something discussed a whole lot? Oh no, that has become that was a, a huge phenomenon 
here in Australia uh, over the last few months. And, and certainly uh, a lot of organisations have recognised that that now is part of the future ecosystem of, of being able to attract and retain talent is for, is to provide that choice. And if people do want to um, live and work outside the, the catchment area of, of the cities, that they, they're able to do so. And, uh, and how do we put the, you know, the, the processes in place to ensure that they continue to thrive? But we're not seeing that being a dominant number. Like it's only in, it's probably five to ten percent of the of the working population. It's not a lot. It's uh, not compared to uh, the one or the kind of the majority who are who are actually still wanting to come back into the office uh, or at least one or two days a week, which is which is fantastic. Awesome. Yeah, I want to ask you about design because that's obviously where you started. Did you change anything for the post-pandemic office? Because you said you had designed it beforehand. So, so yes, we and yes, we are. We're doing a lot of testing around the type of uh, environments that uh, we want to have in the office now. So we're you know we're we're removing uh, our desk pods, so those kind of focused task quiet areas within the office. Uh, I'm putting in more collaboration spaces because what we're seeing is that is a far by far the most popular reason to come into the office is to is to ideate, it is to um, to brainstorm, is to catch up in in project teams and to do the stand-ups and and to uh, to connect to connect but only for short periods of time so we're, we're we're making sure that we put a lot of flexibility into the way that we redesign our offices we're um, taking advantage of the fact that uh, we are now um, not tied to a desk anymore a lot of uh, pretty much everyone now has laptops no one has desktops and so we're able to use that flexibility to think reimagine what that office environment looks like so which is pretty exciting actually because I think that's um, it was we were going in that direction anyway and, and the pandemic certainly just accelerated the need and uh, for, for us to create much more flexible living workplaces. So what about for meetings? Are you doing those informally, still using meeting rooms? We are. We're obviously um, we're, we're kind of reimagining the kind of meeting room 2.0. So we're having to put we're we're putting more technology into the room so that you can create better hybrid meetings. Um, so that if you do have uh, five or six people in a meeting room, it, as you know, you've got to ensure that it's so you're socially distant to make sure that you're creating a safe environment for the people within the room. But then also thinking about how do we be inclusive for the people who are coming in on Zoom or Teams, because as you, I'm sure you're aware, if, if, the, if you're in the room, the conversation seems to dominate with the people who are in their, in the physical presence. So one of the, the, uh, the things that we've been working on is training whoever the leader is of that meeting, whoever who's ever in charge of the meeting, is to ensure they're being consciously inclusive to the people who are not in the room. Making sure that they you are they are visible, the cameras are on, that they are uh, as big as they possibly can be in terms of the video uh, in the room, so people can see their um, their faces, they can see the emotional connection, they have that emotional connection, but then have a separate um, screen where they can maybe present uh, the, the, the presentation that they're they're working on or ideating, so that so that everyone feels that they are very much part of the of, of the of the meeting, and it's not a kind of two tier structure uh, between the people in the room and the people who are not so that's a big thing for us because i imagine this is going to be a long-term thing with hybrid offices meeting rooms were never designed for that right they were designed for people always being there 
Correct, correct. So we're we're really we're, it's a big focus for us is how do you ensure that we look at the um, how do we ensure that we have the, that the right physical setup, the right technology setup, and the right training around how to uh, for the people in the room to make sure that we create a really successful hybrid meeting environment and experience for everybody. Have you had much feedback from people either about what happened when they were away or what it's like now that they're back? All the time. We've just finished actually doing um, uh, a, a, a survey and and and, and and focus groups with 500 of our colleagues. And uh, it's really interesting to see uh, the conversations that we were having with them a year a year ago uh, around how, how to set them up for success as they were entering into the pandemic. And then what their needs and requirements are now that we're moving out of the pandemic phase, but back into what we, into the new normal being the hybrid phase. It's, it's really interesting to see how we're going to help them to success, to successfully achieve and deliver their projects and their work on a regular basis. Um, I think, you know, we're d- different levels um, are asking for different things. So our, uh, our, our members of team, team members who have just joined us from graduate programs or from uh, who are maybe two, one or two years into the um, into working are are looking for very different things. They're looking, they're they're desperate looking, desperate looking for support around learning for those micro moments of teaching that I mentioned earlier on. Uh, they're looking for ability to connect with their senior. Um, with their uh, senior members of the team to be seen to be exposed to the leadership, so that when they're coming up for promotion, they they really they've got that connection, um, and they're also looking at the ergonomics of how they can set themselves up successfully either at, ho- at home because often they don't have the um, the space uh, or the privacy or or even the financial means to set themselves up successfully at an office space quiet an office space at home so you know there's things like that that we um, as leaders we often forget what it's like to be just starting out in your career and and in a house share with five other people and sharing Wi-Fi and uh, or just simply not having the space to put a desk into your bedroom. So we've got there's a real there's a real um, push to understand how do we help those team members be successful. That's interesting because most of us, even if you have a lot more space, weren't really prepared to have great lighting and you know, a great setup for doing Zoom for you know a year. Right, most people. Correct, correct, absolutely. And and I, I, what we're finding is that there's about seventy two percent of our team members said they love having the choice. And what, but what they're but what they're saying is how do we set ourselves up for success long term to allow us to continue to have that choice? I'm interested in some of the smaller things about coming back together. What about shaking hands? You guys still do that? Just starting to lots of elbow bumping uh, and lots of awkward kind of wavering at each other. Uh, as kind of going, dude, are we going to shake hands? Are we not? Oh my gosh! Uh, but we're just starting to. But it, it is very conscious that people go, are, are, "Would you like to shake?" Or, or, and, and some people are saying, "No, nope, I'm sorry, I won't." So we there's there's definitely a conscious decision to ask people rather than just expect that we're going to go back to those old norms. And you mentioned going out for drinks, but eating has been one of the ways this has spread, at least in North America, lunchrooms and mm. where people are for longer periods of time with their masks off. Have you put thought into that or are people comfortable just going back to what they did? 
No, no, there's, uh, you know, we're, I think there's been, been a conscious effort to look at the high, what we call the high throughput traffic areas within, a, within the workplace. So the lift lobbies, the bathrooms and the kitchen areas. And really consciously thinking about how do we ensure that people feel comfortable if they are going to come and, and grab lunch or have lunch in the, in the kitchen areas that we, we do maintain social distancing. We do have a lot of signage up. We give them a lot of, of around where to sit, what to do. Um, it's There's a lot of visible um, cleaning uh, being undertaken uh, at, at those at the kind of key times at lunchtime and the kind of coffee mornings and, and coffee afternoon, evening and, and early evenings so that people feel psychologically safe, that, that they're entering into um, a very clean and a well-managed public area. So yes, it's been a it's been a big challenge. It certainly we're seeing a lot more people using it. When we when I first came back into the office about four months ago, you would be lucky to see one or two people in the kitchen area that was built for two hundred. Um, but now we're definitely we're definitely seeing those numbers increase as people are becoming more confident. Are people still wearing masks part of the time? Or uh, no, not anymore in Sydney. We are on public transport we are and at airports um and on planes but uh, certainly no need to uh, to do so in the office which is which is great well that's interesting okay we'll assume here in canada and the us we're months behind you a lot of companies are thinking about you know what it will be like and how they should be getting prepared for this what's your advice probably three things um it is really um Understand what are the what are the processes in place uh, that your your client your company put in place to make sure that they have a, a really visible cleaning um, and policy and, and process. Uh, make sure that if if you are coming into the office that you connect with your colleagues that you work with on a regular basis and see if they're coming in too because that makes a huge difference when you get to connect with your your core team or with your or the wider team or the leadership within your teams to get a chance to see them we've we've noticed that if if, if I go in as a leader if I go in and let my team know that I'm going to be in on that day that a lot of my colleagues will, will choose that day to come in and then the third thing for me is uh, if you do come in, just take advantage of, of being able to uh, go and spend some time with your colleagues, go and spend some time with a client. Uh, it, you really do feel uh, you come away going, things are getting back to some sort of normality, which is which is actually lovely. For, you know, it get, puts a spring in the step to kind of feel that we're coming out of this and moving back into some sort of norm, new normal. That's great for the start. For you, when you look at this for... This is the beginning, obviously, two years or five years from now. What do you think will change? Will it be more or less this setup or do you think it'll evolve more? I think it will evolve more. I, I really do. I think the, a, you know, the, the workplace will, will continue to change as we get more data and we understand how people are using the space and, and what, what are the reasons why people want to come back into the physical workplace. So uh, that, that, that will definitely evolve. I think the uh, the the use of as as we become more proficient and confident around using the new technology and software that we've been using, like Team, like Zooms, we're going to become more proficient and 
and confident about how do we integrate that into our everyday working lives. Uh, and I also think that we, as as our um, 5G and our Wi-Fi networks become become better and, and more and more efficient, that we are actually going to be able to really look about well, where what's next? What what else can we be doing? Can we using virtual reality, augmented reality? There is definitely a number of next steps that we're going to be seeing as start, start, start people start to think about how do we reimagine the future of work in its totality across what we do, how we do it, and how do we connect with people regardless of where they are. And I think that's I think that's pretty exciting. And you too. Robbie, thank you so much for joining me today. Lovely. Thank you, Linda. Robbie Robertson is managing partner virtual office at Deloitte Australia. Well, that's it for today. If you'd like to know more about Robbie, please check out our show notes. You'll find some links there. If you want to connect with me, I'm on Twitter at, at @relentlesseco. If you did enjoy this discussion, please take a moment and leave a rating or a review wherever you get your podcasts. We really help people to find us and help us to continue these discussions about the future of work. Thank you so much for listening. And thanks as always to Stokely Audio for audio production. To learn more about work and the future and to see show notes, go to the workandthefuturepodcast.com. You can also contact us at comments at the workandthefuturepodcast.com. The Work in the Future podcast with Linda Nazareth is a relentless economics production. Thank you.